This is the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast, presented by eCity Interactive. eCity creates websites, marketing campaigns, and magic for higher ed institutions, large and small. Every digital challenge has a solution. eCity's talented team of problem solvers will help you find yours. And now, here's your host, Stephen App. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. I am your host, Stephen App. Uh, we're going a little bit meta today uh, with a podcasting episode on podcasting. And, you know, podcasting has really exploded in popularity over the last 18 to 24 months. But I feel like higher ed has been a little bit slow uh, to take notice and, and to implement the tactic itself. And that's why I'm really excited to be joined by the wonderfully talented Jackie Vichano today. She is the social media coordinator from Skidmore College and the host of Skidmore College's This Is Skidmore podcast. Uh, Jackie, welcome to the Hashtag Higher Ed podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I'm really excited to have you on the show today because I really love what you're doing with podcasting at Skidmore College. I mean, I guess a, a really great place to go, and I know this is probably a, admittedly a hard question to start off with, but can you tell me a little bit about what This Is Skidmore is about? <laughs> it's uh, it's probably like the hardest question for me to answer because This Is Skidmore is really broad. And I know you'll probably ask me about like, well, why did you do this? And I'll answer that, you know, why it's such a broad name uh, for you. But uh, really, This Is Skidmore is Skidmore. It's the stories of Skidmore students and faculty, um, staff, our alumni, and it kind of answers that question, what's, you know, what's Skidmore all about? What makes Skidmore different? Um, what can I experience if I'm a student at Skidmore? Um, and it just tells our story in a different way. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and I'm curious, when did you start the This Is Skidmore podcast? And I think more importantly, what led you to start the podcast? Yeah, so um, this actually came up in my interview when I was getting interviewed here at Skidmore uh, back in, well, late 2015. Um, it was something that the hiring manager was really interested in pursuing, but didn't really know where to start. And so when I started here at Skidmore in December 2015, we really, I really wanted to do it because obviously, you know, I was new. I didn't have a lot of things on my plate when I first started. Um, so I, I dug in and uh, really pushed with my um, supervisor. We really pushed to get something off the ground. And I believe our first episode was either in late January or early February of 2016. And I think it's interesting you talked about how broad it is, right? It's really just this big storytelling venture trying to capture all elements of your community. Mm -hmm. Did you decide as kind of this editorial direction, I mean, did you decide to try to focus in on, on even, you know, episode themes or was it really just, we're just going to start reaching out to people and whoever comes on the show comes on the show? Yeah. So we, um, I think in higher education and maybe other industries too, but I'll speak for higher ed. I think we get guilty of, of, um, analysis paralysis with big projects and, our team started to kind of do that. So at first we were just kind of, the goal was like, let's just do a podcast. It's going to be great. But then of course we were, you know, we're, we're marketers. So we need a why and a how and, you know, goals and ways to assess those goals and measurements and success and all those things. So, um, we first started talking about themes. We said, okay, who is this podcast really going to be for? And we couldn't really come up with an idea of one specific audience because this was a medium that was really exploding and really, you know, a large portion of our demographic between prospective students and families all the way to our alumni were engaged in. Um, so we were like, well, we can't, you know, 
our goal can't be make a podcast for everybody. Like that's not right. You know, marketers don't do something for everybody. We need a, a niche audience, but, um, we ultimately decided to, uh, do a podcast that would speak to kind of our brand and be a brand recognition piece. Um, it was really hard for us to kind of nail that down initially. So it took us some time, but then, um, well, initially too, we said, oh, we can push out a weekly podcast. And we came up with four different themes to kind of highlight those audiences. So at first we wanted to do, um, different, like every week it would rotate. So the first week would be like alumni stories. The second would be like a faculty lecture. The third would be something admissions related. And the fourth would kind of be like an a catch-all because we knew there were going to be um, moments on campus that we'd want to tell using the podcast, but they didn't necessarily fit in those themes like commencement or move-in day or something like that. But then we thought about it and we said, there's no way that we're going to be able to push out a podcast every week with just the two of us while we both have, you know, other job responsibilities that we were hired for. So we ultimately moved that to a biweekly, um, which was so much better for us. Uh, so we started with a biweekly schedule and really the goal has just been, um, increased brand awareness, just keep it in our tool belt, um, and share those stories in a new way. Yeah. was, when you got started, I'm really curious, Jackie, was there kind of a, you know, an end game for you? Were you thinking, let's just get 10 episodes in and then reevaluate or let's just try to get a season completed or, or was this always just going to be a, you know, we're, we're going to live and die on each episode and, and reevaluate. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're laying out these questions. Like we had this <laughs> elaborate plan. Um, you know, we, we started brainstorming, you know, the name, the themes, um, that we could come up with, you know, the, the logistics kind of all at the same time. So we had a list of podcast episode ideas that was probably like, I would say 20 episode ideas long. Um, some of them were really, really far-fetched. Others were really specific and we knew we could handle them. Um, so when it came to kind of recording that first episode, we didn't really say, okay, you know, only five more to go and then, you know, check the box. Um, it was really a little bit of let's figure this out. Um, because we could only learn so much about podcasting until we actually like did it, you know, you can only learn by doing, you know, so much. So, um, after recording that first episode, we learned a lot about audio. We learned a lot about coordinating schedules and how challenging that could be. So for us, we said, okay, all of our seasons are going to be marked by the semester um, because we were starting right at the beginning of the winter semester or well, spring rather here at Skidmore. So uh, we said, you know, let's get to the end of this semester, the end of our first season, and we'll go from there. But we never really stopped because we, we felt good. We learned lessons along the way. Um, and uh, we just kind of kept rolling through. I think that's a great uh, opportunity to kind of segue into an area that I'm really curious about as a fellow podcaster, uh, and that mm -hmm. is kind of the logistics and the, the, the programming aspect of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I know you mentioned kind of the themes and then this brand awareness piece, but I'm really curious now, because you, you are several seasons in, how are you coming up with episode ideas now for This Is Skidmore? Yeah, um, it's actually been one of the easier parts now. Um, there was kind of this, 
like there was this point where we started and we had all these ideas and then we kind of started to extinguish those ideas and we got a little scared like oh no what are we going to do and now it's kind of we're back on the upswing because uh, we have a team here we call it the content team and it's the folks who meet every week uh, to talk about the stories that are found on our website you know the videos that are being created to tell stories and now the podcast that is telling stories as well and so uh, something will come up with it's kind of like how you know press rooms do it where they have all these things that come across desks and we talk about it and you know we'll have an idea that comes through and it's like you know what that might be better as a podcast or maybe we can uh, produce that as a video instead so now that I'm um, working really close with the content team it's very easy to know exactly what's going on on campus and what could be told easier um, as a podcast or better um, as a podcast rather than just writing it out you know as a text-based story with a couple photos on our website so I, uh, I always go back to those themes that we thought of in the beginning, even though we're not doing it weekly. Um, you know, we always want to make sure at Skidmore that we're not leaning too much on one topic. You know, if we do four different podcasts in a row about athletics, that's actually, you know, two straight months because we are a bi-weekly contest. So it's two months of athletics. And so I have to always be checking that, you know, we're kind of playing fair, not to say that we're rotating, but um, I try not to be too heavy in one subject, especially when it comes to our academics. Uh, and so I, that also helps me shape podcast content as well, because if I realize, oh, you know, we haven't done anything about uh, admissions in, you know, three months, maybe that's an opportunity for me to say, okay, what can I do specifically about admissions this month uh, for a podcast episode? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you said something there that that caught my attention, which was, you know, as you're as you're talking about it, and you say, "Oh, that would that would be a great podcast." When you reach out to a potential guest to appear on the podcast, uh, are you basically saying to them, "This is the you know the topic, and we want to record a podcast with you," or are you still maybe then exploring the topic with that potential guest to see if a podcast is still the best way forward, or if maybe you know what, actually, there's not as much here as we thought, and it's just going to be maybe a text-based piece. Mm -hmm. It's um it's a little bit of all of those things. Uh, generally, when an idea or a story kind of comes across the content team's desk, if it were, um, it's pretty flushed out. Like a you know a professor is has already detailed the research they've done with their student, or uh, you know something. There's an event happening on campus, and we already know all the details. So generally, we already have a pretty good idea of what that story would be, whether it's found as a text-based piece or as a podcast. But um, when I reach out to a guest, I always say, you know, hey, we've got this podcast. And that's something I've learned is that even though, you know, this is Skidmore is obviously wonderful, award-winning, <laughs> the best podcast of all time, sometimes folks don't know what it is. So I have to definitely start by saying, hey, we have this podcast. This is our goal. Um, this is how many you know episodes we have. This is what we're going for. And then I always tell them why I want them on the show and the direction I think it should go. Uh, obviously, because they are deep in that topic, they know if it's a good idea or if they say, oh, you know what would be great if I brought you know, this student along with me because this student is actually doing a really great job helping to plan this event or participating in this research. And that might not be something I know right away. So it's definitely a flexible process uh, when it comes to developing the content and telling the story and figuring out the direction that the podcast is going to go. Mm. 
Yeah, and my assumption, because it is, you know, This Is Skidmore is an award-winning, the best podcast that, that's ever existed, <laughs> uh, guests are generally thrilled to, to appear on the show. Is, is that assumption true? Have you had guests <laughs> who have said, uh, thanks but no thanks? <laughs> I will say it actually is award-winning. It won a gold award for edu marketing, so it is, I can call it an award-winning podcast, um, and of course, the best one of all time, but um, I've only gotten... So generally the responses are, oh my gosh, that would be great. I'm so excited, which is the most of the time. Um, some of the time it's, oh, that's interesting. I didn't really know we had a podcast. Tell me more because I'm, I'm not really familiar with the podcast specifically or podcasting in general. Um, and only once in my Skidmore podcasting career did I get someone who said, no, nope, I'm actually, I don't think that's a great idea. You know, never mind. Um, which is fine. You know, you always have a backup plan and some people don't see their story being told the way that you see it being told. Um, I would never suggest that if you, if someone says a hard no, that you force them into being on the show because it would be a miserable episode. Um, but there definitely are some people who are a little, um, I guess microphone shy, I was about to say camera shy, but microphone shy. So they might need a little bit more convincing. And when I say convincing, I just mean reassurance that, you know, the show is edited. Um, you know, we can do things over, you can take your time, you can bring notes if you want. Here are the questions that I plan to ask you. You know, feel free to bring a student along with you or another faculty member that you think would really enhance the conversation. Um, so those types of things definitely help those that are a little anxious about being on something like a podcast uh, be a little more comfortable. Along with that, I imagine for people who maybe are slightly uncomfortable, uh, is there a lot of scripting or planning that's going into these episodes? Is that part of trying to make them a little bit more comfortable? Or, or do you find that the best episodes happen with just an overview of the topic and, and we're just going to explore where our conversation goes? Yeah, um, I think it depends on the guest. I wish that there was like a one, you know, a recipe for success and, you know, you could just apply it every time. But uh, I've noticed that it depends on who's in the room and what the topic is. Uh, for example, I just recorded a podcast with um, a professor and two students who uh, participate in what we call the Saratoga, the Skidmore Saratoga Consulting Partnership class. And basically this class is a hands-on learning experience for students to act as marketing consultants to businesses in the Saratoga area as well as beyond. And they were so passionate about this, this class and the projects they were doing that I didn't need to prompt them really. They just they just went and you could hear the passion and, you know, their excitement when they talk about it. Um, but other guests that I've had have felt, you know, like I said, a little uneasy and therefore we've, I've provided them questions in advance. I personally don't like to keep it super scripted because I feel like it loses the authenticity of a conversation if we make it very, very scripted. But to provide the guest, you know, here are some questions that I'm probably going to ask you that will help guide the conversation down the path I, I think it should go. Also saying, you know, guest, what do you think? Do you think that I should be asking something else? Is there something you definitely don't want me to ask you? Is there a direction that we should be moving instead? So like I said, it's a, it's a flexible process and it is an opportunity to really partner with that person and tell the best story and not just the story that was in my head. Yeah, I'm really curious, uh, trying to, to maybe switch topics here a little bit. 
as someone who is recording this episode in a phone booth in a co-working space, I'm super curious to learn about your kind of just logistical setup. So take me through, you know, what the, you know, what the environment is for you when you're actually recording a podcast for This Is Skidmore. Yeah. Um, so at Skidmore, we, uh, we have a small uh, media services kind of area um, that's on campus. And we have two small recording studios that um, are not, <laughs> they do their job for sure. Uh, they kind of double as storage sometimes, but it's uh, old studio space. So it has really nice um, chairs for guests. It has a nice audio setup as well as uh, basically foam on the walls to kind of absorb that echoey noise. So it's a really nice uh, recording space when it comes to audio. So that's kind of what it's set up um, to look like. Really, when we got started, it was uh, it was pretty funny because we decided, oh, we have this snowball, you know, omnidirectional microphone in our office. We'll just stick that in the middle of all the guests in a circle, and nothing will go wrong. Um, and it's just so funny looking back because it's like, duh, Jackie, like you know what? What radio station has one microphone for all of its guests? You know, what podcasting app or whatever has one microphone for all of its guests? None of them do. And we didn't even think about it. So uh, it took us a while to really say, hey, you know, this isn't what you should do. You know, this isn't the best way to tell or the best way to capture audio. Um, so we finally looked to media services and said, hey, you know, how can we make this sound better? And they really, really hooked us up. Um, they they got really, really nice standalone mics for each uh, guest. So we pretty much record with a maximum of four people. And that's just one, because that's how many microphones we have, but two, because it, any more than that, and it just makes a really long podcast. Um, and it, uh, it, it works really well. We use one uh, large mixing board that all of the mics are fed into and then that produces an audio file with separate audio tracks so if one person is really loud because they have a very loud voice or they were close to the microphone compared to the other person that was really far away from the microphone um it really allows us to level that out on a more individual level so i definitely recommend that in the future <laughs> yeah i think that's excellent advice and i love the the candidates right we're all we're all learning as we podcast here yes. and especially when it comes to some of the the technical aspects uh, of these episodes uh talk to me uh, jackie about editing uh are you editing your shows or is the audio the audio and uh and if you're editing you know where are you editing yeah um so i do edit the show um i try not to edit uh, too much out because of that authentic piece that I was talking about. So I really only edit if somebody, you know, goes off on a tangent that makes the podcast really, really long. Um, I might cut some of that out if there's really awkward, you know, dead silences where, you know, I ask students a question and then they both just kind of stare at each other. I'll, you know, I'll cut out that silence, uh, just cause it's uncomfortable for the listener. Uh, but I try to keep it really as authentic as possible. One, for my listener's sake, I want them to get an authentic story. But two, for my own sake, it takes much less time for me to go through and edit out, you know, little ums and uhs or coughing or, you know, any of those little things um, all the time. And so I edit the show using GarageBand doesn't need to be fancy. Uh, and normally what I'll do, like I said, I'll go through and I'll cut out all the dead 
the dead air or the long tangents. If somebody has like a super coughing fit, again, that would be really uncomfortable for my listener to listen to, then I'll cut that out as well. Uh, of course, if one of my guests sits, you know, starts a sentence and then in the middle says, actually, you know, can we cut that out and start over? You know, of course I cut that out and we start over. Um, but really it's, uh, I try to keep it as authentic as possible. Like I said, for time as well as, uh, for my listener and editing takes me, um, anywhere from like an hour to an hour and a half generally, mostly because the recording ends up being close to an hour. So I have to listen to the whole thing. And then depending on, you know, how much I actually have to do in it, uh, it takes about that long. Yeah. And you mentioned something just now about, you know, having no more than four guests because then you'd have a really long episode. Uh, one of the questions that I, I should definitely, I'm, I'm curious to know is, is there an average length of episode for you? Yeah. Um, so we try to keep it between 20 and 40 minutes. Uh, you know, if the conversation is really great, I'm not going to cut it off at, you know, 30. Um, but I, I try to keep it in that range. I think that's a comfortable listening range. Most people's commutes are between 20 and 40 minutes long. Uh, and generally the conversation is kind of exhausted at that point anyway. You know, if at that point for most of our podcasts, we would just be circling and circling and circling. Um, and normally if the conversation is really, really good, it actually inspires me to say, okay, can we, can we do kind of a part two or is this inspiring another podcast episode that maybe brings in the same people, different people. So we try to keep it right in that range. Mm. In terms of publishing and promotion, uh, there's no shortage of options for, for users who want to podcast in terms of, of where they can host their podcast. Uh, what I'm curious to know what service that you're using for, for the This is Skidmore podcast. Yeah, um, I we were originally hosted on uh, SoundCloud, but I, about a year later, we hosted, uh, we moved it over to Podbean just because we liked the analytics that we got better um, over there. And uh, yeah, it's been really great for us. It provides some really nice analytics. It's really easy to publish um, all of our episodes there. It takes maybe a minute to do, which is great. And it embeds really nicely. We embed the store, the podcast on our website, which you can find at skidmore.edu backslash podcast. And it pulls the RSS feed really nicely into that page as well as other places on our website. And in terms of promotion, Jackie, is there a particular channel that you're finding has really resonated with this podcast, whether it's Facebook or email or, or something else? Yeah. Um, well, we promote the podcast pretty much everywhere. <laughs> we uh, send it out in email newsletters to alumni, to our prospective students. We promote it on Facebook, on our alumni Facebook page, on Twitter, um, even on LinkedIn. And I've noticed that it does really well in email. I think that's because a, a growing number of people are checking their email on their phone. And when they go to see a podcast, it's right there in their app. Um, things like Twitter are a little bit harder to get the conversion because folks that are, you know, scrolling through Twitter aren't, you know, saying, oh, I wonder what podcast I'm going to listen to today. They're there for something quick and easy to digest. So um, we don't see as much interaction on Twitter, but it's definitely not so little that I discount it from our promotion efforts. Yeah, and I'm curious to know as well, in terms of that kind of promotional mix, are you, are you taking note of what the episode is about and then trying to figure out, okay, this email is def or this podcast is definitely relevant to our, our alumni, so let's include it in the alumni newsletter, or is it a, a situation where every episode is getting a similar treatment? 
Yeah, I think so. Definitely the first one. Um, every episode gets promoted. Um, it's kind of that that little extra push uh, based on the content. So you're right. You know, anytime we have an alumni on an episode, it goes out in the newsletter or it goes out in our alumni magazine. Um, you know, anytime we have something, especially something that's super business related, um, super career oriented, that always does really well on LinkedIn. So I pretty much have kind of the baseline promotion of social media as well as just a general promotion. I think that's something that is really important too. You know, I don't just promote, hey, we have this new episode about X. Instead, it's promoting that episode, but also saying, hey, we've got this podcast, you know, go ahead and take a look at it. So um, we definitely consider the content of the podcast when it goes out, like for our um, our uh, prospective students, when it goes out to our alumni, uh, but also on social media too, you know, where are we going to put that? Yeah, and you mentioned with Podbean the the analytics, right? And I think for every podcaster, this is uh, still a source of frustration. We we live in a world from a marketing world where where data is readily available, and yet with podcasting, I think we're we're still uh, trying to run uphill a little bit here. I mean, what analytics are you getting? And I think probably a, a better question here is that, you know, knowing that we have limited analytics, how are you evaluating success for this podcast? Yeah, this is a question that I had to ask myself to someone else uh, that was podcasting because truthfully, you know, like you said, I don't know if our listeners out there are podcasters, but everyone says like, how many subscribers do you have? And I say, I have no idea <laughs> because it's not anything that is provided, um, by something like iTunes or even Podbean. Um, Podbean will provide me information on the number of downloads per day, which is helpful because we can kind of make some assumptions within, you know, a 48 to 72 hour time frame. Okay. If we had 300 downloads, we can kind of assume how many, um, actual subscribers we have based on that, but we can't really with, you know, certainty say we have 300 subscribers. So for me and a way that I always recommend people always say, you know, how do I measure? What are my metrics? I always recommend to, uh, take a look at the number of downloads within a certain window of time that you feel comfortable with and basically say, is that going up every time? You know, are if when we put out an episode, if we got maybe 100 downloads within a 48 hour window for this episode, but then the next episode we got 150 downloads, I would call that a win because that means that you're still getting into 150 people's earbuds. Um, not necessarily they're going, we don't know if they're actually listening to that because of course that's not an analytic, uh, feature that's provided either, but you can assess, you know, how many downloads are are we seeing? If you're seeing that number go down, then you're not doing something right. If you're seeing that number kind of plateau, it might mean you have to start promoting the podcast in a different way because you've kind of exhausted your audience. You've, they already are aware of you. Um, so it's definitely something to take a look at over time um, and not necessarily just one day at a time. Yeah, I think that's just excellent, excellent advice. Uh, and, you know, I, you've given so much advice already, Jackie, but I'm going to uh, ask you to, to dig in a little bit more just here in the home stretch. Uh, I mean, for someone who has listened to this episode and, you know, they, they've thought about podcasting and, and maybe you've, you've pushed them over the hump, 
Uh, I mean, what advice would you give to someone who is out there saying, you know, I think we should start a podcast at our institution? Yeah, my advice is always just to go for it. Um, And this is something I actually learned um, hosting my own podcast. And my co-host was the one that pushed me and just said, okay, we're just going to do it. Uh, And I think, like I said, you know, I said at the very beginning, this whole analysis paralysis thing, there's going to be a point where you're realizing that, you know, we're we're overthinking this, we're over planning this, we're, you know, we're really just making this not as authentic as we need it to be. And I think right at that moment is the moment you say, okay, let's just go. And the great part about podcasting is you can record an episode, but no one knows you recorded it, right? Like you can, you can take a minute and listen to it. You can get feedback from your team. You can get, you can kind of you know, pilot test it with a very small group of maybe some alumni that you trust or current students that you trust, or even walk over to admissions before a campus tour and say, hey, can you guys listen to this for me, high school students and parents, and let me know what you think. You know, you can test run it before you actually put it out there. I think that's one of the very, very few pieces of content in marketing that you can really test run (laughs) before you, you push it out to the masses. So right when you think you're overthinking it, just record your first episode, see what happens. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Um, because you can try again. Um, my other big thing that I learned as a podcast host, especially if you're, if you have a guest on your show is not to talk. Um, it's not about you. It's about the guests that you're bringing to tell their story. Your responsibility as a host is really to help guide the story. And of course, interact with your guest, But if you're listening back to your episode, which you definitely should do, if you're not editing the podcast, you still should listen back. Um, If you're hosting and not editing, you should still take a listen because you can really learn a lot from hearing yourself talk. If you're finding that you're doing more of the talking or about the same amount of talking as your guests, that's not good. That's not good podcasting. Um, You're not giving your, your guests the opportunity to really tell their story. Um, the big, you know, big tip is I'm one of those people that feels like they need to fill the silence. Like whenever I'm having a conversation, I always am just, I just keep rambling because I feel like I need to fill it. And with podcasting, because you know, you can cut out the dead air, force yourself not to do that because that half a beat of silence may actually prompt your guests to start diving into something more. They might start talking about something that you maybe weren't even aware they were going to start saying, um, in a positive way, of course, but it's going to prompt them to keep thinking about their answer and they're going to give you a better answer uh, in the end. Yeah, that is, that is fantastic advice. And, and it's something that I can attest to is editing it can be painful to listen to the sound of your own voice, but you need to get through it. Uh, it makes for a better episode in the end. Awesome. Well, Jackie, I'm excited to see where this is Skidmore goes. Uh, the episodes that I've listened to have just been fantastic. Uh, and you're a wonderful host. You you drive the conversation in a really authentic way. Uh, yes, yeah, nice to be on this side. I get to yeah. do so much talking now. <laughs> well, hey, let's get you doing a little bit more talking before we wrap this up. Uh, sure. Tell our guests where they can find you online. And, and I think you mentioned it before, but again, where can they find This is Skidmore? 
Yeah, this is Skidmore is a lot of places. Um, so it's on our Skidmore website, which is skidmore.edu backslash podcast. And uh, you'll be able to write on that webpage, take a listen to anything that strikes your fancy. You can take a look at our, um, like I said, over 30 episodes, just super exciting. Um, me personally, you can find on Twitter. Um, I'm at Jackie Vetrano. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, but let me know that you're connecting with me because of this podcast. Cause I'm one of those people that does not connect with people on LinkedIn that I don't know. Um, my website is JackieVetrano.com. If you want to check out anything else I've done at Skidmore or uh, my own podcast, which is super great. It's called Higher Ed Social. So you can just listen to me all day long. You can listen to this episode and then flip over to some This is Skidmore and then head over to Higher Ed Social. It's a great, <laughs> great chat. And of course, uh, as everyone knows, you know we, we don't just allow our guests to do some self-promotion. We want to make sure that they're uh, spreading the awareness and, and giving a shout out to, to, to colleagues or individuals that are really you know, rock stars in, in higher ed and deserve a little bit more recognition. And Jackie, I know this was a hard question for you, but but you did narrow it down and come away with two individuals. Yes, this is so hard because there have been a lot. There are so many amazing people in higher ed doing amazing things that have not only done awesome things on their own, but have helped me do awesome things too. But um, to pick two, I had to first pick uh, my my past coworker, Danielle Norton. She has since left Skidmore, but she and I... Uh, got this podcast off the ground and without her I would not this wouldn't have happened and I say that in a very like accepting my Emmy award type of way but truthfully it is it is challenging to start something like this on behalf of an entire institution and to think that I would have had to do it alone um it just seems impossible. So I was very, very lucky uh, to have a co-host and a partner who was really excited, like I was, about getting this started, and it definitely would have started without her. So thank you to Daniela. And the other is uh, John Volks, who's here at Skidmore, and he is our web developer. And I think like he's the one that takes the most <laughs> abuse from me based on this podcast because I always have something that I'm like, oh, can we do this? Can you help me with this? And uh, he has really just made everything great. He designed our uh, podcast kind of landing page, if you will, at that skidmore.edu backslash podcast and um, has really helped me grow the podcast. So he's definitely gets a high five thumbs up, you know, if you see him on the internet. Jackie, this was fantastic for me. I hope you enjoyed being on the other side of the microphone here. <laughs> yes. Uh, getting to, to spread your voice. Uh, to everyone listening, go check out the This Is Skidmore podcast. It does come out every other week, like Jackie mentioned. It is uh, wonderful storytelling and a great look into the community at Skidmore College. And I'm excited to follow along, and I'm looking forward to the future. Thank you so much. I am too. I will keep you posted on all the great things that come through. <laughs>